How's it going, everybody? We are back for another episode of Shoot the Shot and our third um, LeBronathon episode. Mede, you're excited because this is the the return the return one. This is the return and probably the source of the most happiness. Um, yeah, is this era, I believe, strictly because of the championship involved. But yeah, I'm looking forward to talking about this one. Also, looking forward to. How you started this episode a little bit differently there. I like the little change up in the how we doing or what's going on. I, <laughs> I just want to let just you know a quick I know little word. Yeah, yeah, quick little word change there. I needed to change it up because I was starting to feel kind of robotic when I would come on here and just scream. How's it going, everybody? And welcome back. <laughs> <laughs> okay, Mede. Well, before we get into the LeBronathon episode three. Mm-hmm. Um, it's a pretty busy week, and I think it's kind of just like sneaking up on everybody because you know there's no sports, so there's no like I don't know. I just feel like the, the draft coming up this week is just kind of like sneaking up on us. Yeah, I think it's sneaking up, and I think there's a lot of nervous energy of are we even going to be able to have a normal football season anyway? So I think there's some cautious optimism with this one. And the fact that the whole draft is going to be all digital. Which too. that'll be interesting. It's going to be a different vibe. And I really hope there's some some issues with some NFL team Skypes or something like that. <laughs> there, there's some potential for some good comedy with this draft. Would you, yeah. W- would you hold on? We uh, we can't get the Dolphins. Their Skype has seemed to have crashed for the fifth time. Um, we're going to have to just go ahead and auto-draft somebody for them. <laughs> auto-draft. <laughs> that is so funny. They should implement an auto-draft. Oh my God! These owners would be so pissed. Owners Never, and GMs would just they, be like, "No." They just use McShay's big board, and you just get the best available. The Browns probably should have been on auto draft for the last Listen, like twelve years. If the Browns were on auto draft for the last decade, we would probably be a perennial playoff team. <laughs> we would have we would have at least some playoff experience. I think at least once or twice. We would never have had Johnny Manziel. That's for sure. <sighs> Yeah, no, I don't think anybody would. <laughs> That's hilarious. We had the thirty-eighth pick <sighs> of the NFL draft. Right. So, so um, the draft's coming up. Okay, as we know. Um, Mede, what do you think? Like, give me. I don't know. Give me like two, two bold predictions. Three, two or three bold, bold predictions from the draft. Okay, I've got a, a one bold prediction, which I feel okay. like. Um, talking to maybe people more in my circle. I don't know about the national vibe, but I think Tua is the best quarterback that comes out of this draft. It's mm. a bold prediction by me. And I think there's no reason he should slide out of the top 10. But oh. I think the consensus as time goes on is that he is going to slide a little bit and that teams are a little bit leery of him because he had no way to showcase that he wasn't still injured. But yeah. In my mind, I think he's, you know, more talented than the other guys. Even Joe Burrow, as as hypocritical as that might sound, because he is an Ohio kid, and this is the Ohio podcast. But I don't know. There's just something about Tua when he's healthy. He just feels more dynamic than any of these other guys to me. So I love that hot take. Oh, are we agreeing? All over it, yeah. I kind of want as a non-biased, like trying to help out a fellow Ohio football team. Sure. Um, I kind of want the Bengals to not draft Joe Burrow. Mm. And 
and like trade down to like five. I was gonna say go chase get Young Tua. or trade down. Yeah. Okay. Trade down and go Tua. There's what I think I would a do. A lot of value in the first overall pick. There is. I mean, you could because they I don't think that they only need a quarterback. No, no. They're they're closer to a more total rebuild than just the one pick. Right. And like they do have offensive weapons still, you know, mixing AJ Green coming back, Tyler Boyd. But lots of O line issues in the past. Their defense is horrendous. Yeah. Uh I just think that trading down and maybe accumulating some more picks and possibly getting the best quarterback in this draft sounds mm. enticing, maybe. Yeah, interesting. Um and obviously nothing against Jover. I mean, like you said, an Ohio kid went to Ohio State, graduated from Ohio State, and then won a national championship down at LSU. But dude did it for one year, and Tua kind of sort of did it for three. Yeah, the only question mark with Tua is not the talent. It's the injuries. He's got a, a like a three pretty aggressive, distinct injury history, mm-hmm. which, you know. And the last time he was on the field, he was getting stretchered off. So that's a tough look. I, I understand right. that. but And I mean, in my opinion, though, you still have Andy Dalton. So if you – I mean, I think they can afford to draft him and then let him sit if there are injury concerns. Like make sure he's at 100%. You know what I mean? Don't throw him out there at 90, 95 and be like – Oh, well, because you know what I mean? Because, like, some teams that are in need of a quarterback are just going to throw guys out there right away. And, the Browns. Well, but we had the benefit of throwing Tyrod Taylor in there before Baker when we drafted. Sure. Like, we drafted Baker one overall and sat him. And that's kind of, like, an right. unheard of thing, too. You know what I mean? Like, that was His, historically speaking, not something we even ourselves did. So, right. But then Baker came out and, and tore it up. So we were like, well, why did we ever sit this guy? But, you know, hindsight probably was still smart to maybe get him acclimated. Yeah. Yeah, most definitely. Um, But, yeah, as far as other hot takes with the draft, uh, I think there's no doubt that Chase Young's probably the best player. Mm -hmm. So there's no way he goes outside of one or two. I'm interested to see what happens with Okuda because there's some rumblings with um, the Lions at three trading back. Uh, to somebody who's maybe thirsty for one of these quarterbacks. Um, but yeah, I don't know. I think the Browns should hang tight at 10 and take the best available tackle. What about if we've got like a tackle there and we've got Simmons from Clemson? Who do you want? That would be an interesting situation to develop because I think I don't, I don't see Simmons sliding that far, but for the sake of this exercise, we can say mm-hmm. he does. He does fill another need of ours, which is either linebacker or safety, whichever place they want to line him up at. I mean, like right. we need he could be like a hybrid. Like he's so, an absolute monster. Yeah, and I think – see, I don't know. Personally, I would probably still go with the best tackle if it's one of those top three or four guys still on the board. Mm-hmm. Because I think it's harder to find an elite left tackle versus a fill-in safety or even though stand-up linebacker. I mean, Simmons is arguably a top-five player in this draft. True. 
killed it at the combine. So, yeah. I mean, regardless of position, you know what I mean? Like, like if we're putting Chase Young at the one, not based on their value per like, yeah, at their position, the big boy, that, right? That kind of thing. Um, I don't know. It would be like I think I'd be okay with with taking Simmons instead of a tackle. Obviously, it'd be it's wise a sexier pick. To yeah, right, it'd be wise to address the tackle then in the second round. Um, yeah, we've we've got plenty of other picks to address. Yeah. A new what if we took Simmons picks. and then just the rest of the draft took tackles? Yeah, I, <laughs> you know, I feel this is a weird feeling for a Browns draft because I just mentioned before we got on the show here, we still, we, we are leading the NFL in cap space, mm-hmm. um, which you mentioned you wanted them to save, but even so you can spend it on, on some free agents to fill needs and the needs that we have aren't the positions that we historically have needed, like the skill positions or the quarterback or you know, defensive end, we're, we're good on those positions. So that's right. comforting in a way. And I mean, the news today was they're still in the market for Trent Williams in a trade. Mm-hmm. So I think it's like that's, little holes. It, it's, it's little holes, which is like, I think what you're saying that we're not really used to just needing little holes to yeah. fill. Yeah. And, and offensive tackle is very important, but we have a lot of options. So mm-hmm. I know they're going to fill it with one of these options. It's not like we're just going to ignore it and go with what we have on the roster currently. So I'm not, I'm not in this light. Like I'm not worried. Um, I do like Antoine Winfield jr. As a second or third round pick for us just because oh, okay. I like his dad, his dad was a good, good pro. So yeah, that's my late, uh, day two draft analysis. <laughs> <laughs> good day two analysis after the, all the research you've done. Yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> you know me. Bookworm. Yeah. Okay, so draft coming up. We're excited to see what the Browns do. Um, it's kind of just fun to watch the draft. I think it's just, like as football fans, it's just one of those things that yeah. I mean, we used to get overly excited for them because we had like a top five pick and we thought it was going to be, you know, franchise changing every year and yeah. it just never really was. But right, you never know. Maybe the 10th pick will be franchise changing. It could be. It has been before. Yeah. Oh, I have so, a, a question for you. Oh, more, all right. more little draft kind of gambling, not gambling because I'm not going to take any of your money, but mm-hmm. who do you think is the first wide receiver drafted? Cause this is a, a, a stacked wide receiver class. They're saying, um, or who would you take? Both. Oh, I would take answer both. Okay. Who do you think will be taken first and who would you take? So I would take, Jerry Judy. Okay. Um, and I really think that he's going to be the first one taken. Um, I agree. I think that CD lamb could be a wild card. Yeah. Like if somebody just happens to, to like him a little more or so this is kind of off topic, but I saw a report that Kyler Murray wanted the Cardinals to take CD lamb. And I'm like, yeah, that would be good. If you didn't just trade for Deandre Hopkins. Yeah. Let's take it easy. (laughs) You've gotten like the biggest possible weapon. And he still has, and he still has Larry Fitz. He's, and then he's got, um, Kirk, Christian Kirk didn't do Christian Kirk. Yeah. But no, I think it'll be Judy or CD lamb. Um, I don't really know if you can miss with either of those guys. They're both they're both over six feet tall, I believe. Um, yeah. 
but Judy's got the bigger body. I mean, he's he's sort of like a Julio. Yeah, Lamb um, is is more like the the Randy Moss is what people dream of mm-hmm. him. It's like the tall, lankier guy, and then yeah, Judy's Judy's a beast. I think Judy's the best receiver. But Henry Ruggs is getting some late buzz. Is is kind of why I, I asked the question. He's fast, definitely fast. Um, yeah, I don't know. I mean, I, I'm thinking I don't think any of them will go in the top ten. I just think there's too really? many. Really? Yeah, I think there's too many. Um, that's a pretty lukewarm take linemen available too many hungry, uh, p- teams for quarterbacks. Um, so I don't know. And then, I, I mean, you got to think you got what by three, four, you got four defensive players that I think for sure are going in the top 10, which is Simmons, Chase Young, Okuda, and then that D lineman from Auburn. Yep. Um, Big man with a single digit. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and then you got to think, I, I mean, probably three quarterbacks. I'd say Burrow, Tua, and Herbert might all go in the top 10. So that leaves you three more spots. I don't know. That for we the shall tackles. see. That's so what it'll be it fun. fun. So let's get into, uh, you know, why we, why we are having this episode. Because we almost oh, forgot. Okay. <laughs> almost forgot who was, this was supposed to be about. Um, we'll see you next week. I <laughs> <laughs> hope you liked it. Thanks for joining us. So, uh, yeah, since the last dance uh, aired on Sunday, we decided to, like, you know, just the coming home episode of LeBron James. Um, obviously, he had the Sports Illustrated article, you know, where he. It was a little more classy. He did it a little more classy this time, I think, about deciding where he was going to go in free agency midday. Yeah, learned his lesson. <laughs> Definitely did. This is where we got um, – we started to get older and wiser LeBron back. Um, but anyway, so signs – or, you know, puts out this Sports Illustrated article that he's coming home and midday's prediction from 2010 comes true. <laughs> Um, yeah, I forgot to dig up the tweet. Now that you I think you also, I think you also won the lottery that day. Is that is that true? Is this a true statement? I also won the lottery. I won a lot of things <laughs> that day. It felt like I was on top of the world. I was speeding. No cop was pulling me over. Oh god, I don't even really remember. So like, we remember when he left, and like, I remember where I was, but I honestly just don't remember where I was when he he came back. See, this is the difference between you and me because I absolutely do because I have a probably unhealthy obsession, mm-hmm. uh, to put it lightly. But yeah, I was actually um, – so this was uh, – we had graduated high school. So we were headed into our freshman year of college. So I was in the summer pre-college mm-hmm. and I went to college to golf as we were you, discussed. Were you, were you were golfing? I was at the driving range. Nice. Actually walking back to my car, checking my phone because I started getting a lot of notifications and most of them didn't actually have words in them. It was just kind of like uh, smashing the keyboard just mm. to get my attention. So I said, okay, what's going on? Check the tweeter as you do for current events in the past four or five years. And lo and behold, says LeBron James has decided to return to Cleveland. And you know it wasn't fake because it was... Uh, himself on the front of a magazine. <laughs> so that's a good way to not worry about sources. Yeah. And yeah, just kind of admittedly 
broke down into tears in my car. Nice. And just nice. rolled down the windows, screaming, you know, the whole nine yards. <laughs> Pure elation. So, yeah, I just want to give everybody a um, depiction of your obsession. <laughs> oh, um, this was – no, no, this isn't that bad. But right before we got on today, we're just, you know, on the basketball reference page for LeBron because that's what we like to do. And obviously before we, you know, start recording, we're just talking a little bit, casual conversation. And I'm just looking through LeBron's stats and I'm just like, wow, LeBron shot the highest in uh, 2013-2014. And Mid is just like, oh yeah, uh, 56.7%, like highest from the field. And he just knew the stat right off the top of his head. Yeah. So that was hilarious. I'm going to put it on my gravestone. 56.7%? No, just LeBron's basketball oh. reference page. Just a link to it. <laughs> a link. You can like click on it. How would that work? Hopefully by oh, that point, it'll just be touch a QR screen, code. Touchscreen can... gravestones. <laughs> yeah, something you could scan. It'll take you to a brief memory of what went through my brain for the oh, better you part know, of you my know life. Be wild. You would be wild as if like, yeah, you could do like a QR code and it would just be it would just like pop up on your phone and it would take you like to like a five minute segment of that person's life. Just like in. Listen, you might have just cracked the code, my friend. That's a genius idea. Like a highlight video for everybody. (laughs) A little holographic, like holographic highlight video. House of highlights thing pops up. And you get to pick your music. Yeah. And then Omar from house of highlights edits it. Dude. (laughs) <laughs> what? I'm gonna write this down. This is genius. Contact my uh, friend in the gravestone industry. I don't. Yeah, know. I was gonna contact my mortician. mortician. <laughs> oh God, I hope we don't. Is that what you call? It? Or you just say funeral home owner? I don't even know. Anyways, dead person. Yeah. So LeBron comes home. <laughs> LeBron comes home. Um, we have Kyrie Irving. We've got Dion Waiters. We've got Tristan Thompson. Uh, we just drafted a youngster by the name of Andrew Wiggins. Uh, True. And the, and the year before, we drafted a, another little chunky young, youngster by the name of Anthony Bennett, Ouch. who had to be the worst first, first overall pick in the entire NBA's history. Yeah, it took him like, God, like four or five games. You remember that? To make mm-hmm. a shot. Mm-hmm. And I wouldn't even say like like Greg Oden was a big bust, but he also had injury issues. Anthony Bennett just had like fat issues. So yeah, like Odin when he was playing was was good, and like you could tell he had the talent. Anthony Bennett was a reach to draft by the cat. He's like he wasn't even in the well, top ten projected when they right. took him first overall. They drafted him, and I distinctly remember we were like, "Who the hell?" <laughs> like literally that was the genesis of the who the hell segment i mean it was like where did this guy because i mean i didn't even know who i wanted but like i think oh, Depot was, was kind of an a, option there it was a bad draft. um well it was that that was the 2013 right that was the rumors where it was like we're either going to take nerland's noel or alex len and i'm like mm. well no so no, neither it's really not that bad i mean 
obviously now if the late did picks, it, the late picks are better because that's right. like McCollum and Giannis is in that Giannis, list. right? Stephen Adams would have been a better freaking pick than Anthony Bennett, right? Um, but I mean, Giannis wasn't a good prospect. He was six nine, and it was it was a project, yeah. Like you drafted him, and you were like, all right, we're gonna hold on to this guy for five years and see what happens because he was like sixteen. Yeah, and then sure he gets to the league, grows a few inches, and becomes what he is today. But right, yeah, um, that's pure luck. He was, but I mean, so you had Oladipo, Otto Porter at two, three, and I think that both of those guys would have been better picks. <laughs> yeah, but even I mean, even Otto Porter flamed out already. Oladipo think? has had oh, an interesting career. Um, he, he seemed like he was blossoming with Indiana in recent years. Then he had that big bad injury. Mm-hmm. So, you know, it's really, I don't know. I don't know at all. It's just, it's not a good draft. By no, any. no. And uh, yeah, obviously the the highlight of the draft is going to be Giannis. And, you know, when it's all said and done, I think CJ McCollum's probably going to be the second best player. Yeah. No, I love CJ McCollum. And I mean, there is some shout out 330. Exactly. Still um, giving back to our community. So definitely a big shout out to CJ McCollum. Right. I'm going to send this to him because I love him. <laughs> he does a podcast as well. It's pretty good. It is really good. Um, oh, Trey Burke, Ben McLemore. Yeah, this draft. Yeah. Cheeks. Absolutely horrendous. So we okay. took Sergei Karasev at 19. My goodness. <laughs> I need to get out of this page. <laughs> so um, obviously we ended up trading Wiggins and Bennett for Kevin Love, who – at the time, was made at what top two power forward in the league? He, he was I, the I'd best. say he was the best. Okay, he was just recently I mean, put up twenty six and twelve. Yeah, Tennessee. I was going to say he so. just came off of a twenty six and twelve and a half, you know, in thirty six minutes per game at, at twenty five years old. So we didn't, we're not even like we're getting him for his prime. Yeah, exactly. When when we traded for him, um, needless to, to say, there was two like a, number one overall picks to do it. <laughs> right, which one of them we already like gave up on, which was Bennett. I mean, we saw him for a year, and we were like, "All right, this guy's clearly not anything that we that we might want." So yeah. we'll go ahead and give you him as a a little side got, piece with Andrew right. Wiggins. Got some good value out of him, mm-hmm. in all honesty. So, um, I think it's a win. <laughs> so we the roster. We didn't. Tra- we traded for Jr. and and Shump and Mozgov, um, like what halfway through that year, right? That was those were basically trade deadline deals. Yeah, and then, um, well, first, I mean, we first came into that first year with LeBron with David Blatt as our head coach. True, that um, is important to mention. And I think that when we hired him, I think we didn't know we would be getting LeBron yet. No, not at all. And that's, that's definitely a good point to make because that there's two sides to that where it's like, I feel bad for David Blatt because he thought he was signing up for uh whatever, 21 year old, probably Kyrie Irving led team with Dion waiters, a young backcourt, some potential, not really reaching it. He's had some success overseas in Italy. Um, not Italy, Israel. Sorry. Mm-hmm. Um, so I think that was a good hire for that team that we had because, I mean, LeBron wasn't keying us in on any of this, I don't think, because they wouldn't have hired mm-hmm. David Blatt in the first place. And right. On the other side of that coin, the point I wanted to mention was it was surprising to 
everyone that LeBron would go back to a team with a first year unknown, no NBA experience coach like that. Right. So it, was, it was really just a, a, a big shock. And I wonder, I mean, it really makes you like if you play the what if game, obviously, if, yeah. you know, LeBron didn't come back and we kept Blatt and, you know, Kyrie Wiggins, Tristan, um, Dion waiters, like it makes you kind of wonder what kind of team they could have turned into. Um, not going to say that it would have been good. Definitely not but, a title team. I would. Yeah, say. would have been interesting to see. I mean, obviously, we're going to be okay with what happened, and LeBron came back, and you know, yeah, I'm traded okay Wiggins for for Kevin Love and all that stuff. But uh, we also might have signed Gordon Hayward. Hayward. Yeah, there's a lot of a lot of what ifs with that, and I think yeah. So, what's the best case scenario that we're the three seed in the East with that team? Kyrie, Gordon mm-hmm. Hayward. Right. Like get a. And keeping Wiggins, and Wiggins is interesting. I mean, Wiggins didn't really become what what people thought he would at the time. I mean, no, least. but you get a new, a new, um, like new scenery, and you know maybe Blatt and the staff can develop him a little better than maybe Minnesota did. Right. I don't know. I mean, it's all like impossible what if? to now, say right now. 20, yeah, this is 2013, 2014 summer, whatever. So yeah. Um, so we, we move into, you know, that first year Blatt gets fired, what, halfway through? I can't even remember. No, Blatt actually, no, he did. He did the whole season. Okay. Yeah. It was the second year. Right. Um, and so we, we make it to the NBA finals, uh, kind of hobbling (laughs) to say the least, (laughs) to say the least, uh, Kevin gets his shoulder ripped out. Yeah. That was, God, I I don't know. I mean, I really don't know if a man was hated by an entire city that as was much rough. as, like, I mean, I distinctly remember the hate for, for Kelly Olenek after that happened. Yeah, I remember when that moment happened, and then you see the first replay. I mean, because mm. it happened, and Kevin immediately runs off the court holding his shoulder. and it's Literally, like, oh. yeah. Right well, that doesn't look rest. good when an NBA player gets off the floor entirely. Uh, and then they show the replay, and it's like, well, that was just the most blatantly obvious rip out of a shoulder I've ever seen. And then I immediately Google how long does it take to recover from a separated shoulder, and it's longer <laughs> than the playoffs lasted. So that yeah. definitely put a damper on. It was like a nice five months. Yeah, we... It just sucks because that was the round one series and we traded away two first overall picks uh, and some more. I don't remember what else, what other change was involved with that. But, and then it was strictly to win a championship when we finally get to the playoffs, <laughs> looking like we got something here and we're going to have to continue without one of those major three pieces. Right. And um, so Kevin gets hurt. We, that was in that Boston series, that first round. Yep. Uh, we beat them. And then you're going to have to help me remember just because it's been so many, um, so many years. But we um, beat the Celtics. Oh, never mind. Sorry. Beat the Celtics, swept in the first round. Um, but lost Kevin. So it's kind of like, oh, great. Um, the next round, we played the Bulls. And this is when Derrick Rose kind of. Like had a resurrection, a little second life, yeah, yeah, and actually we went down two to one. Yeah, 
He hit that and, bank buzzer beater to put us down 2-1. Oh, my God. Yeah, right over Tristan, and it was like... I was in your house for that. that was the luckiest up. shot. I remember that. Because, you know, Derek Rose isn't a shooter. Like, no, he's not going to kill you from the three-point line. But anyway, so that next game, it was tied up, and LeBron hits a corner three over Jimmy Butler to, to win the game. Mm-hmm. And it was 2-2, and it was kind of like, okay, like, you know, sigh of relief because my God, if we went down three one to the Bulls in the second round, would not have been good. Like roster shakeup incoming. <laughs> yeah. Um and then we uh played the Hawks and everybody knows what happens when we play the Hawks. <laughs> Brooms. Um <laughs> so swept the Hawks and this was the this was the Hawks sixty win team. That's true. The four all-star Hawk team. Yeah. And I think, is this the one? It wasn't this year. It wasn't this year. Sorry. That we, we uh, put up like the, the large amounts of threes against them. It, it was not. This it year. was. I don't believe it was that year. I think that was in 16. Even though JR was, uh, was did shoot 16? 47% in this series. He made 16 threes in that four-game series. Yeah, that'll so, do. It might have been that. Um, but yeah, swept them. The Hawks are just, you know, a joke. But uh, so then we moved on to the finals. And oh, oh, well, I guess something important that happened in that Hawks series was I think that's when Kyrie kind of like aggravated his knee. Or did he yeah. miss that entire series? I'm having a bit of trouble remembering. I'll tell you. Well, he played two games in the Hawks series. So, so he did get hurt in the series. Definitely aggravated a knee injury in the Hawks series. Um, somehow, like it was super questionable whether or not he was going to be able to play for the finals at all. Yeah, that's what it was. It was that, it, it was like that tendonitis thing. Yeah. It was like, like he just needs the time off. Right. And we just didn't know if he was going to play at all. And then like all of a sudden he's out there for game one. Um, out there for game one of the finals and uh this was the game i mean he played he Kyrie honestly played unreal in this game um because he had i mean he had 23 points true uh, and then it was like that last it was late in the fourth quarter and he did like a he did like a spin or tried to do a crossover and or a step back and his knee just kind of like gave out we were just like and that's what we were afraid of yeah just kind of um, gave out broken kneecaps. Those are tough. Oh, I know. Um, but, so then we go to so then we go to overtime, and then didn't score. <laughs> and LeBron scores our only two points. Yeah, we get waxed in overtime. Um, lost one hundred eight to a hundred, and come into the next game. Obviously, no more Kyrie. The rest of rest of the series, LeBron had forty four in game one. Just to just to remind you. Uh, mm-hmm. Game two, he comes out, puts up 39, 16, and 11. Yeah. Uh, he went three for six from three, but a, a rough 11 for 35 from the field. Yeah, but I mean, the second leading scorer, the second leading scorer for the series was Timofey Moskov at 14 a night. So, right. Yeah. This to. was peak. I have to put the entire team on the shoulders if we're going to have a chance. And it worked. I mean, he got us. A win in game two and three. 
We're up mm-hmm. two one in this series. Yeah. So, um, yeah, won that game two, won the game three. Obviously, um, this was our first game at home, and LeBron put up forty in this one. So, literally, just had to do it all by himself. <laughs> yeah, and it was by no means efficient. This was when we had to embrace the we don't have the talent to keep up with these guys or run with them. So it was a very slow paced game. We were we were taking twenty second possessions, um, and LeBron was basically just trying to see what he could do. He was either an outside jumper or drive to the cup and get to the line. But mm-hmm. yeah, it was it was tough to watch because you kind of knew the outcome deep down. It was kind of such a shock when we went up two to one because I mean, Delhi, they're having to rush him to the hospital because his dumb ass is chugging coffees at halftime. So he's so dehydrated. He's coffee. giving it his all. He might <laughs> drink some coffee. Real uh, hard, right? Diet and and uh, so LeBron averages 35.8, assists. Uh, he, this is this a series that he led everybody in, Points, rebounds, assists, steals, blocks. Um, actually, I don't think it is the the one he did that in. I think that was okay. It was just points, 16. rebounds, and assists, I believe. <sighs> yeah, but he, yeah, deserved Finals MVP, like we've mentioned <laughs> in previous pods. Oh yeah, who did yeah. they give it to? Andre Iguodala, who yeah. defended him. He held him to the thirty five point eight. Um, but yeah, Iggy gets Finals MVP for averaging sixteen. Steph averages twenty six. Um, they should. Yeah, it's five. I mean, 26, like five, and six. Grave. Yeah, yeah, like, like come on. He's <laughs> the best player on the team that won. Like, come on. Just stop. So, yeah, that's kind of questionable. But anyways, um, so this one was super unfortunate because, like, I mean, we'll have excuses until we die, but we didn't have our team. We, like... Our second, as you said, our second best player was Delhi and Timothy Mozgov. Yeah, off and on, they were sharing the role and yeah. <laughs> against a completely healthy, you know, Golden State Warriors team that was kind of just getting into I'll, what yeah. they were going to be. Albeit, this was probably a year soon for them. I think oh yeah, a, a full strength Cavs, we win this title. Which uh, is, I think, I, I don't even think that's so, No, but that's what makes it so sad. Like, because it's like. I don't know, like the it's, fact that we could have a 15 and a 16, and I mean, we probably shouldn't have won 16. I think that's like the right what we've talked about. It's so weird. Like we have one title, and we won the year that we probably shouldn't have. <laughs> because I mean, that's also obviously assuming Durant doesn't go to the Warriors, mm-hmm. the back two. But yeah, well, yeah, and it kind of would have been fun because. You know, this is another what if, but if we won that first one and then we come back in 16 and they go 73 and nine in the regular season and then, you know, maybe they win this one. I feel like then obviously Durant's not going no to the Warriors. So it would have been kind of cool if we had the opportunity to maybe run it back a third time, you know, in that 2017 finals to just kind of, you know, once and for all, right, who's the who's going to win this? Yeah. Uh, bout, I guess. Yeah, and it's it's a shame because I think the Cavs' best team of these four years uh, was the seventeen team, because that's when we added like Darren Williams at the yeah. 
the buyout Derek deadline. Rose. And he was he could still play. Darren Williams could still play. He was good. No, that wasn't Derek Rose, sorry. That was No, D yeah. Rose was the, the start of the next year. But yeah. But yeah. Right. You know, no, no. Mm-hmm. Good. But um, yeah, that, that team was better and we just I just didn't have a chance. That Warriors right. team was unbeatable. Right. Uh so twenty fifteen. Um was that that was Steph's first MVP. Right. Season. Correct. Um what do you I mean, was that well deserved? I know that like we'll sit here and say that LeBron's the best player in the league for the last twelve years, but I think that it was super like there was a lot of just issues with the Cavs team, I think, that first year because a lot of people weren't really used to LeBron um, and, like, what he expected from his teammates. You know, like, he comes in with this young roster and, you know, kind of obviously was just the alpha dog and all these young kids are looking up to him and... It was just – it's hard to explain, honestly. It's in a way similar to the way he's treated the Lakers team last year in that he just didn't quite respect them. Mm-hmm. And that sounds mean. It sounds sh- – And he didn't say that. Long. Like he didn't say like, you know, I'm sure – I mean I'm not going to say for certain because I I wasn't there. But like it wasn't something where he came out and said like I don't respect you guys because you're all under 23 years old. Right, they just, I mean, he came back to the Cavs to win a title, and he knew a good chunk of that roster was not title material at that time. Mm-hmm. And to get them to that point would have taken too many years. And he, I mean, it was win-now mode from the start. That's why we made the trade to go get Kevin Love. And that's why we made all the deadline deals to get J.R. Smith, Mozgov, and Shumpert. We're giving up first-round picks for these guys. So we're not... I mean, LeBron and the organization had no interest in taking a year off and try again, try harder next year. That's why it was so devastating to lose in that first finals and lose because we didn't have our full roster. So, and then as far as the MVP stuff goes, it's almost like Steph won it by default because if you remember, LeBron missed a good two weeks in the middle of the year. Ended up yeah. playing less than seventy games. I mean, his his scoring was down. Well, because we were under five hundred, weren't we? Before he well, he took a break, and yeah, didn't we? Were we under five hundred going into the All Star game, and then we came out of the All Star? Yeah, game. they were nineteen and twenty or something like that. Yeah, and I remember he point. took that two week break like right before that, and then we had the All Star, right. and right. then kind of just went on like a la- end of the season terror, as LeBron led teams usually do. Yeah. They peak at the right time. So that's kind of why LeBron, in a way, ruled himself. He did get five first-place votes. I think Harden, looking at the numbers now, probably had a better case. But my guess is the Warriors probably carried the storylines and probably had more wins that season. It's very um, narrative-based. That's, that's Oh, 100%. Sure. Yeah. I mean, it's all sports writers that vote. So that makes sense. They like the best story. Um. But yeah, I mean, Steph is a player that deserves multiple MVPs. So the next year after this, he definitely deserved it when he mm-hmm. won tennis one because he's was unreal. Average thirty a game with like thirty one minutes a night. But yeah, yeah, yeah. So we move on to to twenty sixteen. 
Um, and, you know, again, going into like, I mean, we're going to, we'll, we'll talk about like everything kind of pre finals since we, you know, did that finals episode already. Um, but the Cavs that year went 57 and 25, uh, 41 games in, we fired David Blatt. He was 30 and 11. So, I mean, not bad. <laughs> right. I, it's just confusing, I guess. Um, I mean, I get it. It was one of those things where LeBron was probably starting to get annoyed with him. Uh, mm-hmm. Didn't like him. And when you've got an assistant like Ty Lue on your bench that has a little more respect from the players, um, it becomes an issue. Right. That's basically as simple as it was. The players didn't want to play for David Blatt anymore. And it's sad that they have as much power as they do. But when you're a guy like LeBron, you can call the shots. Because yeah. you are the best player and have now won championships. So, I mean, so it's funny. in retrospect, I'm okay with it. But <laughs> Yeah, it's funny. Um, I didn't even realize this, but looking at it now, they actually, um, Blatt and Lou and Tyron coached the same amount of games that year. Yeah, 41 each. 41 each. I think Blatt um, won more, didn't he? Blatt went 30 and 11, and Lou went 27 and 14. Yeah. So, interesting. But the playoffs went pretty well for Ty Lou. That <laughs> they did. They did. Um, so, you know, Eastern, we are, we won the Central Division again. Um, this is when the roster took a, a huge, I think, leap forward, just upgrading with veteran guys like Jenny Fry, Richard Jefferson, um, mm-hmm. James Jones helped a lot, you know, although he wasn't like a huge help off the bench. He's a great locker room guy and like, you know, super good with oh yeah, kind of a mentoring um, type guy. And that's one of those guys that, I think you don't really realize, like if you're just a casual basketball fan, you don't really realize how valuable they can be, especially getting into the playoffs. Absolutely. Um, and it's I easy mean, to Jane, make jokes because they get in the game when it's out of reach. Like they're the victory cigar. They just go out. Right. It's fun to see them score and all that. But yeah, I mean, there's uh, there's more time off the court than there is on the court with an NBA team. So some right. people forget that. And then we also, at the beginning of this season, had uh, Mo Williams and Andy Verjao on the roster. Uh, funny enough, Verjao ends up cut and on the Warriors and doesn't get a slice of the uh, the championship pie. <laughs> for the best. You don't get to play again for the enemy and get part of the prize. Right. Yeah. Um, and I can't even remember when they signed. When did they sign him? Was it right before the playoffs started? And we're like, oh god, like look at this guy jumping on the bandwagon to try to get a ring. Kinda, yeah. It was definitely like that late end of the year buyout market stuff because we cut him because we just weren't using him. And it's good that Kinda he went to sad, that team because he was terrible defensively, and you know maybe no, it was kind of a, is, a secret agent. All I remember is him getting bodied by. Whomever, I mean, Kevin, LeBron, Timothy, Tristan, and doing like the little like where he would like fall and look like he just got like hit by like, like a wave. Like, you know, when you're in the ocean and you get hit by a wave and it, like, yeah. yeah, that's what he looked like. He would get like knocked all the way back, but still maintain his footing 
and like try to draw the charge. Like these refs have grown since 2007. Verizal, you're not getting that. Right. You, you you've got you've had that haircut for too long. We know how it moves when you're fixing. <laughs> That's funny. Oh man. So you know this season. Um, I was talking about the MVP. So LeBron ends up getting third in the MVP voting um, this season. Kawhi beat him for second by about three votes. Dumb. Yeah, it didn't. I mean, he was 20. Kawhi's 24. Averaged 21, 6, and 2. See ya. And for some reason, they were like, yeah, you know, he he, he did better. Hey, but he's got uh, big hands and he's good at defense. Right. I'm not too bent out of shape about second and third. <laughs> um, but then to finish out the top five, Russ and then Kevin Durant were four and five, which is kind of funny because they're on the same team. Um, and ironically enough, should have beaten the Warriors to go to the finals. That is very true. Definitely choked it away. Which so. would have been interesting. And I see a lot Another of Another what people, if. Yeah, I see a lot of people, and I... I I don't know. It's fun to talk about like what could have happened, but yeah. I see a lot of people saying that like Oklahoma city would have won the finals. If like they were just given the finals to whoever came out of that West. Right. Right. And even after the fact, they say that the Warriors comeback was like amazing, blah, blah, blah. But then they went on to lose. And then people still say, well, the, well, the thunder would have beat the Cavs anyway. So like, it doesn't matter. Uh, nope. <laughs> I mean, I think we match up better with the thunder. I think so. I mean, okay, we'll just let Russ take 40 shots. That's fine. He'll shoot. He'll make 16 of them. Correct. <laughs> and hurt his team more with the 12 turnovers that he probably created from forcing everything. Yeah, well, I mean, we had exactly. a good guard. Not, the, not a good defensive guard, but we had multiple guys we could throw at Russ with JR mm-hmm. and Shump. We had both those guys could take their turns on Kevin Durant. We had LeBron James, who, when he wants to play defense, can. Um, yeah, Abaka, Kevin Love, that's a push. Even I mean, Abaka's obviously a better defender, but Kevin can draw him away from the bucket and remove his rim protecting capabilities. And right, don't which even is what get he was started about a Steven Adams versus Tristan Thompson debate because it's just two offensive rebounders that do the same thing. <laughs> so I mean, it's really came down to whoever's bench was better. And I mean, I like the Cavs veterans better than I like OKC's veterans. So Yeah, I'm not a big fan of Save it was with it Robertson. Your, Raymond Felton and Andre Robertson takes. Oh, I've yeah. heard them all. <laughs> um, yeah, so uh, we move obviously on to the playoffs there. And I think you we've know, you, the yeah, you, you know what happens. Yeah, see episode, uh, the episode prior to I think 32, um, the beginning of the LeBronathon. Yeah. Um, for that, so okay, we move on to that 2017 2018 season Kevin Durant joined the Warriors and it was just like I mean okay cool we get to watch the Warriors in the finals again because this isn't going to be fun kind of feeling to the year correct (laughs) it took all the competitive balance that was already pretty shifted to begin with and shifted it further to the Warriors side and it wasn't even an overreaction by the public to think that hey well it's not going to matter um, it was exactly like it was. There was no adjustment period. They hit the ground running. And, yeah, he's just he was just really the perfect player to add to that team to make them unbeatable. Right, and he fit right in. And this is still, I mean, what, Steph's still on his, like, $12 million a year contract. So it just 
happen to be lucky yeah as well the the tv money the new tv deals hit so the salary cap in general exploded that season so that's how they ended up having enough to give him a near max deal and (laughs) all their other people it was just a perfect storm yeah and it was it was a mess um but the uh the Cavs made a huge addition of their own adding uh andrew bogut flex (laughs) 48 (laughs) seconds of legendary basketball took him from the warriors and then he played and then got hurt and (laughs) we got him (sighs) i forgot about that thanks for bringing that up again it was so sad because we were like all right like at least this guy like was worth something to the warriors last year so maybe he can do something for us and then just no yeah he filled a need or so we thought this was a super interesting roster um, because this was the year we added Kyle Corver. Yes. Uh, we added Mike Dunleavy. So two seasoned veterans and, you know, pretty good three point shooters. Uh, I think we were looking to just kind of do what LeBron did in Miami and surround him with guys like Ray Allen, Mike Miller, uh, Shane Battier. And we were just giving him these old shooters that could just stand around while he just drove and kicked. Um, yeah. But then we also added Deron Williams, and then I think we added Derek Williams. Was that late in the year? Like we picked him up in free agency, or, or did we add him at the beginning of the year? No, it was late in the year. It was a buyout thing. Okay. But I was kind of excited when we got him. I'm not going to lie, because he was still – I mean, this is the guy that was drafted second to Kyrie, so he was still obviously pretty young. Yeah. Um, athletic. Uh, and he honestly did – I mean, he did some decent things. No, he was a plus like he helped a lot when we picked him up, added him to the roster. It was it was like a spark. He was playing with more energy than he had for his previous teams at right. any point in his career. And he just right. you know he and was, was like, a six eight versatile defender too. I was gonna say another big body to you know eventually put on Kevin Durant when we had to play the Warriors again in the finals because we were just like you know thrilled about having to defend Durant and then also watch Steph and Clay just sprint around the three point line. And that's what happened. <laughs> um, but yeah, so this season, um, full Tyron Lou season, and we go 51 and 31, finished second in the East. Um, so we got that two seed. Um, so we played the, uh, the Pacers, beat them, the Raptors beat them, started off the, um, Started off the postseason, sorry, eight and zero, and then took on the Raptors, um, beat them four to one. Oh, I'm so sorry. Um, Pacers, Raptors, four zero, and then we beat the Celtics four to one. And this is the team that you said was our best team. That's what I'm saying. We were cruising through the East, and yeah, just not, just not fair. Um, and I think that this, like, I almost want to say this season, this finals is kind of where Kyrie was just like, I'm out of here. Yeah, it was. I don't really want to be. If we're, if everybody in the league's going to lose to this team, I don't want to be the second guy on a team. Um, but yeah, this is where he, he forced his way out after this season. Mm-hmm. Which is unfortunate because we did, I believe we did win. We took a game from the Warriors in this series, albeit maybe just because 
and the league may or may not have wanted some more money. But yeah. Uh, shaking my head. Um so the uh, this is the year this is the year Russ won MVP averaging triple double. Uh LeBron finished fourth this season, which hilariously Isaiah Thomas finished fifth right behind him, the, the midget himself. Ouch. <laughs> <laughs> finished right below him. <laughs> yeah. This was like an uptick from LeBron's last two or the first two seasons of this. Yeah, this was probably part his two. like I almost want to say this is probably his like best year. Um, no, because you can't because he has 17 best years. You're, you're right. I just meant the, the second four of the second four stint. Or would you say or would you say the next year is his best? Year? I think 18 is probably his best year. Okay. Which is hilarious because I was what you're fourteen. Yeah. Fifteen. You're fifteen. Played all eighty two. Started yeah. all eighty two. Right. Average twenty seven. We got handled in that finals. It was I mean, what, four to one we lost. And I can't remember which game. What game did we won? We won game three. Game, game four. Oh, it was game four, so it was right before. Oh, game three is the one where Kevin Durant hit that um like you pulled up. He was just dribbling up and just pulled up from that left wing and hit yeah. it. Yeah, like, because we almost won something. game three. Uh, we almost won game three. Had a chance to, you know, maybe think about pushing it to a game five, going back to two, but not to be. Kevin Durant hit the big clutch shot, as you mentioned, and yeah, we take the L, but it's fine. It was expected <laughs> in a way. So. Yeah, it was. Um, so we we lose that one. Um, the big offseason happens where Kyrie demands to be traded or he's going to have this knee surgery that's going to hold him out for like five months. Um, and so he kind of forced our hand and we were just like, okay, well, you know, we got to give give him to the best bidder, which happened to be Boston, who just, you know, throws Isaiah Thomas out after having – an incredible season. His sister dies that year. Um, he kind of became like the face of Boston. And then Danny Ainge was just like, yeah, well, Kyrie's better. So we'll see you. Correct. They don't really care about your <laughs> problems. <laughs> what can you do for me now? Yeah. So we got what? Isaiah Thomas, Ante Zizek, Jay Crowder. And then we got that future um, the- Brooklyn Nets pick, which ended up being Sexton the following year. Right. Um, but this was an extremely interesting roster. Um, I think we were hoping for a little, a lot to kind of happen with this roster. I mean, we added Jeff Green th- this season alone, adding Jeff Green, George Hill, um, Rodney Hood, uh, Derek Rose, Isaiah, Wade. Th- oh, Wade. Yeah, like. Lots of oh, and then we traded. We made that trade. Um, sorry for Larry Nance, Clarkson, and then um, Hood, George Hill, and Rodney Hood, which were all like what? Those were three separate deals. Um, well, the Clarkson and Nance one, those came together, mm-hmm. and then I think the George Hill was individual, but Rodney Hood might have been part of like a three-way with getting Clarkson and Nance. Oh, okay. 
So it's two deals, but four players. Really a big swap of the roster because that at that time, D. Wade had been traded for a, an eighth grader and Derrick Rose had been cut. Yeah. And, and like, Isaiah Thomas was obviously going to be a nothing. Right. And it was exciting because, I mean, first of all, you're bringing guys like D. Rose and Dwayne Wade to the team and Isaiah Thomas who, you know, Isaiah Thomas just came off that huge year. So, like, he was – he was in that star category, I think, when we – like, I'm not going to say superstar, but that season, the, you know, previous, he was a star. Oh, no question. But um, he was coming off a pretty major hip injury. Yeah. So that's what the reason he took the step back is because he was – I mean, he's already 5'9 on a good day in shoes. Mm-hmm. He's going to have to be quick for his, his style of play to work, and he just didn't really have the full quickness – coming back but I mean I mean even when he did come back and play I went to his first game it was in Cleveland against Portland Mm -hmm. and I mean he looked good he had like 18 or 19 points in uh limited minutes so it's like oh well maybe this is going to work out he can actually and I mean it's a point guard so he should be able to coexist with LeBron so I mean there was hope he could shoot relatively well from the outside but just not to be yeah and but like Dwayne Wade Derek Rose like I mean, I had a lot of hope because it was like, all right, yeah, these guys are old and, you know, maybe a little banged up, but it's a lot of veterans that can still move and still like really know how to, how to play late into the season. And, you know, then we ended up getting rid of Wade before we even got into the playoffs. And I will always be confused by that. The only thing I can think of is he was really not a good locker room presence. And I think, that's probably the reality of that situation is he was just causing trouble with, I mean, the people that were already on the team, like JR or Tristan or obviously not LeBron, but I think it was, I think that they could probably make a, a Jordan like documentary on that Cavs season, just the first half. Cause all those guys in that locker room, there was probably some crazy stuff. said. this is the year that JR threw soup at Tyron Lou. So there was oh just gosh. a whole mess of things going on. This was back in the day when the Cavs were some kind of headline every single day on first take. <laughs> just, you know, I, I don't I don't miss it, but I definitely do miss it because that means, I mean, if you're in the news, you're a good team. So, mm-hmm. Yeah, all, what do they say? Like, any media is good media or something like that? Or yeah. all media is good? All press. Know. All press. No such thing as bad press. Yeah, Le- see LeVar Ball. <laughs> um cash and checks but yeah so like this was just an interesting year um we ended up obviously losing to the warriors in four games again um and then this is just kind of when lebron just kind of pieced out like the lakers rumors started probably i mean beginning of this year i want to say where it was probably an Adrian Wojnarowski, a Woj bomb type thing where he just said, you know, don't be surprised if LeBron goes to LA at the end of this year. And we were all just like, no, he's not leaving. Like he, he said he'd come back for good, right? <laughs> I think my main, thinking back, my main validation for, oh, he's not leaving is Bronny's about to start high school. And why would he want him to not go to, say, Vince St. Mary? And that didn't work because obviously yeah. he's at wherever the hell he's at, not even starting Sierra in their playoff game. But, oh, well. Yeah, I really did think that LeBron would want him to go there, but I can see why 
he didn't as well. I mean, sending him to a basketball factory versus sending him to live in your shadow at the school that you attended oh. when the <laughs> arena is named after you. Right. Maybe a, a, a decent move. Right. And I think, yeah, I think that he maybe didn't want him to have to live in that expectation of like, well, your dad brought three state titles. So like you need to do that too. Oh, that um, would be crazy expectations. Yeah. And he's just so, not his dad. He's not nearly as big as LeBron was. No, no. Yet. Um, yet. I'll say yet. Yeah. So I don't know. I don't mean, said he regrets giving him his name. Yeah. Because of that, because was, of the expectation, and but he was, yeah, he's 18, 19 years old. So uh, you do stupid stuff when you're young. Um, so you may not have a child, but anyway. <laughs> <laughs> so let's take a break, midday, and then we'll come back and talk about um, you know one of those games for the the game of the era that we wanted to bring up. So um, yeah, we'll be we'll be right back. All right, and we are back uh, midday. We decided on a game, didn't we? We did. I think we both agree that there is a more obvious one, but we've kind of already talked about that game at length, mm-hmm. which was the really not just game seven of the 16 finals, but the whole last three games combined for LeBron. But we decided to choose a different one, didn't we? We did. Um, we are going to actually go with LeBron's highest scoring Finals game, which occurred uh, in 2018. So this was um, a Kyrie-less Cavs team. Mm-hmm. Um, and the Warriors were still fully loaded with Kevin Durant uh, on the roster. Uh, still Sean Livingston coming off the bench. Uh, Nick Young was also on this team. Kind of hilarious. Swaggy P. Um, but yeah, so mid I mean, LeBron... This was his highest scoring finals game. He dropped 50 points, 51 to be exact. Um, eight assists, eight rebounds, shot 10 of 11 from the line. Mm. Um, three of seven from three, 19 of 32 from the field, played 47 minutes, 47 and a half minutes. So why do you think this, I mean, obviously we're putting the the three games aside for that 2016 but why do you think this was you know one of his best games in this Cavs era so this was in my opinion the most complete and dominant basketball game he played specifically of the last four Cavs years but honestly maybe for the entire career he's had um Oddly enough, this is the last playoff series he has played because the Lakers didn't make the playoffs. And this year obviously has been put on pause. But, um, I mean, he's had other games. We talked about that big game six against the Celtics in 2012. But as we mentioned in that episode, he didn't have to play the full um, duration of that game because it was out of reach. This game, on the other hand, was an undermatched Cavs team in which he had to actually be out there the entire time he played almost 48 minutes and it did go into overtime. So, you know, there's 53 minutes to be played, but you know, he did, he took a little rest, but when he was out there, he was getting to whatever spot he wanted to on the court. Um, 19 and 32 from the field. So incredibly efficient, um, hit three, three pointers, 
still got those eight assists after scoring 51 points and 32 shot attempts. So <laughs> it's just really, you know, and there's the best defenders too. I mean, on the other side, he's staring at Draymond Green, who you know tries his hardest, and Kevin Durant, who's got that incredible length um, and foot speed to to stay with him. And he still, it just didn't matter. He still put up 50. Um, it was just a perfect, it was a perfect game in all sense if you watch it. And it's just unfortunate, which I'm sure we'll get into, um, the way it's been forgotten in history because of how it ended or how regulation ended. Right. And... Yeah, the, the the big thing that everybody talks about from this game, um, which I think is funny because I think people could tell you, you know, that this happened. More people could tell you that this happened than the fact that LeBron scored over 50 in this game, I think. Yeah, no, this um, is what you think of immediately. Yeah, but it's this is the game where George Hill missed that free throw at the end of the game. And it was tied. So... Game was tied up. George Hill misses the free throw, and J.R. Smith gets the board, and we're like, oh, my God, we have a shot to win. And this guy runs out to half court holding the ball as time expires, and we just eat it and go to overtime. (laughs) (laughs) As LeBron's screaming at him. Uh, and Yeah. I don't think my opinion on this play has changed from the moment versus now. I still blame George Hill more than I blame J.R. Smith for not knowing the score. George Hill, who is a guard and a historically above-average free-throw shooter, all he had to do was just make a free-throw. Mm-hmm. Put us up with a lead. And maybe if they hit a game-winner, then... And we yeah. steal game one, and LeBron has a game that goes down in history as one of the greatest of all time. But no, it has to be the J.R. Smith game and the meme game. Which is and I mean, just a true disservice. <laughs> it is. It is. And LeBron had an unreal fourth quarter. I mean, he had 13 points, shot six of seven from the field, and played 11 minutes in that fourth. And it was like, I mean, it felt kind of disheartening because it was just like, that was our shot because yep. obviously this team is unbelievably loaded. And, right, and it's, it's the same team we just lost to last year. Yeah, and it was just like we we had that shot to maybe steal one game and then, you know, maybe they come out, win the next game, but then we got two games at home. So, like, anything can happen. Right, right. And and I've said this before. I'll say it to him blue in the face. I think it's stupid when people say the first game is just a feel-out game because it's important to win. You only have to win four, so you might as well win one as early as you can. And just, I mean, we could have lost game two by 400 after, but if we stole that game one and we went back to Cleveland with a game already in our pocket, I mean, with the history and the confidence that that team had after already coming back from down three, one, you know, I mean, we can make some noise even coming back, um, at a deficit, but not to be, um, yeah, that's really all I, I really have to say about this game, other than shout out to Kevin Love for the twenty-one and thirteen. Yeah, another I was game. Say Kevin had Kevin had an actual like a pretty good game, and actually, I mean, I know we want to talk about LeBron, but Kevin, I think, I'm pretty sure Kevin actually had a decent series this time. Yeah, uh, if I recall, as the number two option. Yeah, yeah. So he kind of had to transition his, um, 
his position, you know, because he was used to Kyrie obviously being so ball dominant. Uh, he was getting a lot more touches now. I mean, he got up 20 shots, which was super uncommon, I think, for him. Right. But, yeah, it was a good, good game for Kevin. Um, yeah, this, this game was fun to watch because it really felt like we had a shot to win the entire time. Yeah, we were. Because of how LeBron performed. And, you know, it's super unfortunate because, you know, he did play so well and we lost. But also, I think, because, you know, going back up to a a previous offseason, as I mentioned before, when Kevin Durant joined the Warriors, it was kind of just like premeditated that the Warriors were going to win the next two finals. Mm -hmm. Um, And you know, when you had a game against them where you competed, it was exciting, like for us, because especially since we had such a history with them with 15 and 16 in the finals. Um, but yeah, the other thing Mide, that I want to mention about this game is since it's game one, this game, LeBron playing in this game marked the eighth straight finals appearance for him. Which hasn't been done since the Russell teams. Yeah, which is another another mark I think that's you know one of the more incredible things that he's done is leading eight different seasons of teams to finals yeah um, truly truly leading not just coattail riding right yeah like the the 2011 and I don't want to bring it up again but the 2011 playoffs was definitely rough um but like it wasn't I mean LeBron was still a one, a one, a one B, you know, whatever you want to give him yeah. on that team. Like it was him and Wade. It wasn't, it wasn't Wade one LeBron two Cause like LeBron just comes off of two, two MVP trophies. Like, you know, he, he wasn't stepping into a situation where he was going to take the number two. No, no, it was, he was still a lead dog. It was just two at the head of the sled on that team. And so mm-hmm. it's just the one. Right. Um, but yeah, I just wanted to, to mention the eight straight finals because I think that that's a a super important thing to mention because the one thing you always say is you don't understand why it's a bad thing for players to continue to uh, advance in the playoffs right. regarding regarding LeBron's finals record. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, so any any other i mean you got anything else to say i guess about this game about lebron's stint with the uh with the cavs his second that second four year stint uh the four year stint as a whole just kind of it's very weird it holds a special place in my heart because it includes the championship and it was truly exciting to be able to watch my own team play from October into the middle of June every single year, whether or not it ended in a positive or a negative. I definitely kind of, as I touched on before, don't miss having to be worried about it and seeing articles that are Mm -hmm. about what's going on in the locker room all the time. But I do miss having the greatest player, in my opinion, in history on my team and getting to watch him every night Um, just on regular, random regular season games when they're playing the Utah Jazz, where it doesn't really matter. But... You know, you just you take those moments and you appreciate them for what they were. But yeah, and the other thing I think that the the four years was like it became tradition that we watched the games together. Yeah, 
Definitely. And it wasn't even just the finals games. Like it, it honestly became just the playoff games in general, mm-hmm. you know, and we had our, our two, I'd say our two locations, I think that we really watched the games, which was Zane's, Zane's um, back patio. The bar. The bar. Um, wait, was the bar even, was it together? Yet? It was. I don't remember. It was. Okay. No, okay. the bar was built when we were in high school. Oh, was it? You got to fact check yourself, man. Come Dude, on. Dude, I know I do. <laughs> um, but yeah, it was Zane's bar, back patio bar, or my parents' house. And I think that that was uh, one of the things that was so fun about being able to watch our hometown team, as you said, late into you know May and June, because it was obviously nice outside. So we could like be outside to watch him at Zane's house. And it was summertime, so you don't have to worry about like school the next day and stuff like that. But Exactly. Carefree life. Yeah, so uh, it was. Unfortunately, we'll never return. <laughs> no, not anytime soon. Unfortunately, unless Kevin just has like an epiphany and becomes unbelievable again. True. True. But Don't see that happening. No, no. So, uh, midday. We are. We've got what two episodes left. Um, yeah, the Lakers more era. Yeah, the Lakers and era is is up, and I think that's going to be sort of short, just because like. Well, for one, he hasn't been in the playoffs. Um, he was hurt for half of last year, and then obviously COVID-19 kind of wrecking this year for, for LeBron. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, we'll, we'll talk about maybe just his transition to L.A. and you know, maybe the kind of transitioning to his mogul status rather than just being a basketball player. Mm. Um It'll be fun. But yeah, and then the uh the second the sorry, the two two weeks from now that episode, we've got um just like a comparison episode, I think, and we, you know don't really know, I guess, where we're gonna go with that one yet. Could be comparing him just to Jordan and maybe statistically stuff like that, or you know, in general, just all of the greats. Um I don't know. We'll 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 see where we go with that one. What do you think? Could be a guest on that show. Yeah, yeah. Got some could be with- fun. That could be fun. Maybe we could get Michael on the show and have him back himself up. Yeah, I mean, he's <laughs> into doing interviews lately. Available. He's got some free time. DM him, free time. DM him from the Shoot the Shot Instagram. Yeah. yeah. We'll see. Over 100 followers now. <laughs> Shout out. All right. Well, um, yeah, we will uh, – Tune in next week, everybody. We'll get you with that last episode of the LeBronathon eras. Um, yeah, it's going to be fun.